Welcome to the Midas Touch Podcast. Holy <laughs> everybody heard the conversations that happened before we hit the record button on these podcasts and start going. That could Welcome be a whole to podcast the in and of itself. Ben Brett. <laughs> Brett and Jordy joining you. Does that stay in the pod? Does that I intro think stay in the pod? question alert. Effect, effect, effective intro. I think everybody <laughs> is, is already gripped by this episode and is ready for a great episode of the Midas Touch podcast. We have Anthony Scaramucci as our guest on the podcast. And I think when we have Anthony Scaramucci as a guest on the podcast, I think that just becomes the podcast. Do we yep. agree? Like yeah. an Anthony Scaramucci interview, we Need will no touch more. upon all of the news. But Anthony Scaramucci becomes an adopted member of the Midas uh, family itself. I think like Scaramucci is maybe a lost, a long lost uncle of ours. <laughs> yes, yeah, something about having a Long Islander on that just totally derails the normal programming of the show, but it makes for a great and entertaining show. So excited to share our interview with Mooch for uh, with everybody. How, how are you guys doing otherwise? How's everything? You guys watch the Grammys? You guys do anything else exciting over the weekend? Yeah, I spoke at a swing left event. That this, was dope. This weekend it was uh, one of the things I want to kind of do more is now that the world's opened up to go to grassroots events, you know, just backyard events that people are throwing, um, you know, we can do bigger events also, you know, at, at, at parks and at, you know, stadiums and things like that. I mean, you know, I'm not really sure a stadium yet, but, but, but maybe in the future, <laughs> but, but, but maybe we'll go to parks, but, you know, I do want to shake hands of people in backyards and, and meet people and meet supporters and also help out send, you know, messages um you know to people it's one of the most effective ways that we could reach out to people in swing states is through a uh, direct mail and swing left actually has a great program with that and so it was good to be there to speak to the group of people in the backyard and i think i'm going to be doing that more frequently i love it i want to see in the stadiums ben i want to see in the arenas <laughs> no, 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 no 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 we're skipping arenas took, truthfully skipping though arenas. you took our podcast audience Yes. It could fill a stadium. So that's the true statement. Okay. Yeah. Fact. That's, Factual. That's, that's a fact. Multiple stadiums. Multiple but, uh, stadiums. But we'd have to get them all into one place is, is the key. I'm still not sure yet if it was Ben Micellis at Madison Square Garden, we would draw. But <laughs> <laughs> we would fill out Madison Square Garden, but maybe in the uh, maybe in the future. But we got, look, in all seriousness, we've got a great interview with Anthony Scaramucci um, on all of the uh, recent topics of, of what's been going on um, domestically, abroad, and really in terms of messaging to have Scaramucci uh, on, there's really no one better really on messaging and how to get the word out. And as we start approaching November, um, you know, listen up to this interview because I think that this will actually spell out the key to how Democrats will win in 2022. I think Mooch has a, I think he's got a good barometer for actually that sort of swing vote in America and mm -hmm. kind of just where the voters are thinking, where their minds are at, not on the extremes of either side, but where kind of that middle section of America as a whole is. I think he's very homed in on that mindset. And so I think he's a really good, really good with analysis at that. And he deals with people. He's a business guy. I think he really knows the stuff well. Excited to, uh, excited to have this conversation. He's a normal guy. You might not agree with everything he has to say or like literally every one of his policies, but he's a normal, normal guy who really cares about this country. And 
that's going to come through. But these Jordy, are the conversations that I like having with people who have different beliefs where you could actually have a conversation with somebody who has beliefs that differ than yours. And it doesn't revolve into you're a pedo or like, however, the other Republicans argue these days, which seems to be the way things are going. Um, I feel like everything I post now on Twitter, like that's that's the the Republican response. You could be like, you know, I think we should, uh, you know, be securing democracy around the world. And they'll be like, you pedophile, you groomer. And you're like, what? Like, how is this discourse in in 2022? Like, I believe we should keep social security in place. We should cap insulin. We should legalize marijuana. Groomer. Groomer. (laughs) Okay, groomer. And that's the discourse that that it's devolved to. And it's a sad state of affairs in America. But Ben, that's why it is honestly, you know, all kidding aside, that's why it's important for you to be going out there and speaking with people directly and for everybody out there to be writing these letters to people and picking up the phone and calling people and speaking to your relatives. Because the way you get around this this fake vision of liberals of the left that the right tries to create and they try to hurl these insults at you. The way you get around that is through personal interaction Mm -hmm. and actually having those one-on-one conversations and letting people know, Hey, you know what? We just want to preserve social security. We want to keep taxes low on the middle class and tax billionaires, not you. That's what our beliefs are. We want to keep Medicare. We think we should have a strong healthcare system. We think America should support democracy around the globe and not murderous genocidal dictators like Vladimir Putin. That's our beliefs. So I don't know what the other side is thinking, but that's what I feel. And if you have those one-on-one conversations, those are all things that people care deeply about. People care deeply about being able to afford insulin, $35 insulin. That's an issue that people care about. People care about their Medicare, their social security. They don't care about all this other craziness that's coming from the other side. So we just got to counter that by the truth, by authenticity, and by going out there and speaking with the people. I want to tell you this story before we bring Anthony Scaramucci on, because this is what there was a lot of things about speaking in this backyard yesterday. And as I speak in different backyards of families across this country and, and different people's backyards across the country, but things that resonate to me, but this is what resonated to me. So I parked outside and I started walking towards the house and the house had a big American flag on it. Right. And so I walk in the backyard and as I'm getting ready to speak, the woman who owns the, the home with her husband, um, she introduced me and she said, before introducing me, um, I'm bringing out my daughter. And so she brought out her, her daughter's probably four or five years old. And her daughter was so incredibly well-spoken and so cute. <laughs> and she spoke about how she was uh, going to be running a recycling drive. So if you have any plastic bottles or if you have anything, please make sure we recycle. It's important that we save the environment. And so when I spoke, one of the things I talked about is, you know, as I walked in and I saw the American flag, that is our American flag. That is the values of democracy. And I'm proud that you displayed that flag out there in the way you did. And then I said, as I then heard your daughter speak, I love that your child is speaking about how we can better our environment. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not in a backyard where we have a five-year-old holding, you know, an AK-47. And I know that sounds Mm -hmm. silly, but, you know, on the Republican vision, that's where they want to go. They have their kids holding AK-47s in front of Christmas trees. And so it was just incredible to see, you know, that. And as I looked around, you know, I saw so much hope about what the country could be if we have kind of just normal discourse and we stop being so extreme and we focus on what makes America 
you know, such a special country and what our democratic ideals and beliefs are and the, the ideals that America has always stood for and does stand for now. So that's just my observation there. So without further ado, let's bring in our interview with Anthony Scaramucci. We're joined by Anthony Scaramucci. Mooch, we so appreciate you. Fan joining us. favorite. Fan, Fan favorite. favorite. Sort of feel like sort of like Ben's getting a little LA though, right? He's got a little bit of thin. I mean, you know, look, I'm not your mother, but you need a little chicken soup, maybe. You know, what I mean, you feel like you're losing a little bit. Of, are you like LAifying as we're like sitting here? Okay, I mean, you know, Brett and Jordy want to know, Ben. What's going on? What, what character traits do you think support <laughs> no, no, that? No, support that like, conclusion? I think you're like slimming down. You're probably drinking like green tea and shit, and like a kai bowls or whatever they're called. I'm just asking. Acai, acai bowls. Acai bowls. We got to get you out to LA. I got to. I, I got to teach you about the. You know, I can't pronounce shit. I'm from Long Island, but I'm, I'm not even sure if they're I mean, a sponsor today. But shout out Athletic Greens. I mean, there's no. Is there a Ben's Kosher Deli out there that you you're privy to, or no? I'm just asking. No, that's, that's that actually is true. Mooch is an astute observation. It's, you know, becoming big time. You know, I got to be camera ready. You yeah. never know when you you're going to get that look, call from a Hollywood director. You look. You look great. Let me help you guys out. Let me help you guys out. Okay. Look at that, huh? You know, see, you don't see what that is. Oh, that's anti shine. Okay, you put a little bit of that on your forehead. Okay, and it takes the shine off the top, right? Of course, is that what you put that on before every interview? Yeah, I put, I put it on before the TV interviews. I'm just trying to help out Hollywood Ben. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hollywood Ben. ben. You, Hashtag Hollywood. You know, I, have, ben. I have more Botox on my forehead than Madonna. So when you need <laughs> Botox guy, you just come come see me as well. What's Mooch, going on? I, I, I would be hitting you. Well, what's going on is that you're looking good, got... Ben. I noticed I noticed Ben. He's looking good. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. What's going on, though? Unfortunately, not, me looking good. Fortunately, unfortunately, what's going on is, well, let, 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 let's frame the issue a little more broadly. There's a pro-democracy coalition that I think is a great thing. You know, we see Biden leading the world. We see Ukraine um, you know, valiantly fighting for their country against the unlawful invasion. Um, but we see now the alliances of evil around the world, but really evil in our own midst. It seems like Tucker Carlson, Fox News um, have doubled down more than ever to spread false propaganda as democracy has reared you know, it's courage, it's strength. And we're seeing it now more than ever. Are you seeing that too, Anthony? And what, what do you think is going on? So, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I think the, you know, the, the, the woman that runs the RT, that's like a, you know, a lover of Putin. I can't remember her name, but when they got blown off of the air in the West, so basically they were like a Tokyo Rose using Russian style disinformation and propaganda and broadcasting it behind quote unquote M enemy lines when they got taken off, she made a, a callous and casual remark to somebody, oh, not going to be that big of a deal because we have all of our acolytes at work anyway. And so if you look at Twitter, you know, they have these paid verified acolytes that are saying nonsense and disinformation. And somebody like Tucker, your Tucker Carlson, I mean, he he knows better, but he's either being paid or he's being a useful idiot for them because he thinks it's helping him with his ratings. And then why, why don't we not take the elephant and leave it in the closet? Let's take the elephant and put it right in the middle of the room. You know, they see Putin as a white Christian nationalist alongside of themselves. And so they see him, even though he's going after white cousins in the Ukraine, they see him as sort of a champion 
of this sort of nonsense, you know? So this is all based on racism and ethnocentrism and white nationalism. And there's probably, you know, intermixed with people that are getting paid, uh, you know, straight up by the flatster. So, so look, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. I didn't think when I was growing up in the United States, when Ronald Reagan was the president of the country, you know, and, and I'm reminiscent of what Harry Reid said about Bush. He goes, man, I hated George W. Bush until we got Donald Trump. And I realized at least George, George W. Bush is a patriot. You know, you could dislike him right. or Ronald Reagan, but at least these guys actually love the country and they stood for something. OK, uh, but now we have this we have this big time mess. And and what is astonishing to me is that our politicians can be bought and paid for by foreign adversaries, a very large group of them. And what's astonishing to me is that they get the intelligence information and they know that these adversaries are trying to disrupt our elections, sow the seeds of doubt in our democracy. But because it's useful to them, okay, the Trumps of the world, this motherfucker, are you allowed to curse? I can't remember. We're allowed to yeah, curse. Yeah, we cur- yeah, cur- yeah, yeah, cur- I mean, because, you know, I'm a known cursor, right? <laughs> this motherfucking traitor, Josh Hawley. I mean, you can't find a bigger pig sty than that guy. Okay. So these people are going to use this sort of stuff. You know, like, you know, we would, used to talk about like McCarthy and like the fat Ted Cruz. You know, it was thin Ted Cruz, now the super fat Ted Cruz. <laughs> You know, and we used to talk about it. But we don't even have to talk about these guys anymore because they're like almost completely irrelevant. Right. Like I, I'll predict here on the air, Kevin McCarthy's shot at the speaker is quite low because they're going to detonate him from the inside. Right. Because, you know, he's up to his tricks inside Capitol Hill. You guys are not stupid. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff about him that can blow up in his face, just like it was blown up in his face last time when he was running for speaker. So those two guys are like yesterday's news, but the, the guys that worry me are the DeSantis's, the Josh Hawley's that are in our midst that are using Putin and Trump level propaganda and disinformation and race baiting uh, to their advantage. Right. And so obviously the last piece of this, and then I will shut up, is that they don't have the demography anymore. So they got to change the rules. They've got to gerrymander districts and they've got to restrict voters in certain areas of the country so that they can try to hold power. So this is like a disgusting shit show, frankly. But but, you know, the good news is the majority of the people are still with us, guys. And that is you may not like my policies, but you agree that at least we all love the country together. You may not like all my ideologies or my ideas, but we all love the country together. And Anthony, that's when uh, Russia unlawfully invaded Ukraine. You were incredibly outspoken in favor of Ukraine. I mean, supporting democracy. And that wasn't because that was a position that you had to take. That was the position that you always took because you were a patriot and you fought for democracy. It's right or wrong. You know, and then I get lit up by all these robots. Right. I say Putin is a war criminal. Putin is finished, by the way. He no, there's no coming back from this. Okay. He's completely finished. And so you're sitting here and you're looking at this guy and you're saying, is this guy crazy? And you're like, no, he's not crazy. What he is, is he missized how successful he was. He said, okay, I got the West divided. I got the US divided. There's going to be a couple of crazy Republicans that are come out and support me. And I got the Western Europeans divided. 
you know, remember before he did this, he was putting Sputnik, one of his news agencies up in Edinburgh, because he was going to try to break off Scotland again from the United Kingdom. And so this was just like a totally misplayed hand of an aging despot that's like sitting there with concentric circles that are tightening and they're all talking to him and reinforcing his opinions as opposed to telling him that he might be bad shit crazy and going off the rails, right? But here's the bad news, okay? Because let's just tell everybody the bad news. The bad news is he is retrenching in the Ukraine and his original thing was we're going to go in there and we're going to liberate the Ukrainians from the Nazis and they're going to visit us with flowers and home-baked pies and greet us as we're coming into the Ukraine. And now the Ukrainians are kicking the living shit out of them. So he's retrenching, okay? And he's gone back through his state-owned media and he's saying, oh, we got that wrong, by the way. They're all Nazis, okay? And so we have to go back in there way more aggressively, okay? And this is his move. This is a genocidal move by him. And so now the, the question before the Western leadership is how much of that are you going to take? And, you know, certainly I don't want our troops on the ground. I've been to Ag- Afghanistan and Iraq, guys. You know, I support the troops. I've been to Baghdad. I've been to Kabul. I've, I've been to seven of our forward operating bases in Afghanistan. I certainly don't want to put American or NATO troops in harm's way. But at some point, you're going to have to figure out what to do as it relates to the democracy. Now, the one big mistake that we made is tipping our hand. And in a weird way, Biden has done a great job of creating the coalition, tightening the alliance, speaking on behalf of the democracies. But he was almost too honest with Putin in telling him, well, you know, we're just not going to intervene. Could we fight the war by proxy through materiel and equipment? but we're not going to intervene. And I, I think that gave Putin a bigger license, by the way, with his state-run propaganda, and it gave him a bigger license to wreak more havoc. So I'm pessimistic about the next three or four weeks because I think this is going to get way uglier and way nastier. And then I'm, I'm fearful that if a tripwire happens, you know, it's very bad for us. And remember, he is, he is fucked. I mean, let's just put it that way, okay? So when someone's fucked... And they're a little bit of a megalomaniac and an egomaniac. Could they go off the rails and use a chemical weapon or a nuke? And and the answer to that is obviously yes. And so I hate saying that to you guys because I want to be forever the optimist. But you have to put that into your calculus now. And then what does that mean in terms of where we all are? And so I'm I'm worried as a as a human being, as someone that loves the world, loves people. Uh, love, love life, you know, have that uh, uh, joy of life that you guys have and have five children. I'm worried. Um, and then the, the last thing is, well, what do you do in a situation like this? And, and what you have to do is you have to, you have to hit him harder on sanctions. You have to hit him harder in the international community. And you have to find two or three people in his circle that you break. Okay. Which hopefully will lead to him getting taken out. Remember, Remember when uh, when Stalin evacuated to his DACA when the war broke out on June 21st, 1941, when it broke out, June 22nd, actually, uh, he he took a little biplane out of the Politburo. He landed at his DACA and he was waiting down there because he's like, Jesus Christ, is going to be a nightmare. When the Politburo members descended on the DACA, he thought he was being arrested. 
they came to kiss his ass and told him they needed him to return to Moscow and run the army. Uh, trust me, Putin has had that feeling going on right now. He's he's sitting there wondering who the person is is going to flip him. Um, he's not stupid, so he knows how dangerous and how perilous the situation is for him. I'm hoping we are finding somebody inside that inner circle that breaks his ass. Speaking of megalomaniacs, we pivot to Donald Trump, but a very different type of megalomaniac, maybe a megalomaniac, though, who's chicken shit. You know, I thought more and more the analogies between Trump and Putin are not really the right analogy. To me, Trump was more of a Lukashenko, you know, a Putin puppet, as opposed to really being, you know, on par with someone of Putin's level of uh, at least taking the action behind the despotism and the actual threats. You know, we're beginning to see a lot of information come out from the January 6th committee, you know, the seven hour and 37 minute gap, Trump using burner phones, potentially. Um, we know he had phone calls, you know, during that period of time. How do you think those investigations are going? What's your take on the seven hour gap? And um, do you yeah. think those investigations are becoming more fruitful? So, so really the lack of those investigations and the lack of substantive findings uh, are emboldening the Russians weirdly. So uh, if you followed Russian state media closely, uh, when Trump left office, they were like, okay, well, he's going to go down, corrupt state of the United States. They're going to imprison Donald Trump. You know, and there was lots of things they could have gotten him on, the insurrection, obstruction of justice, the impeachments, the Schellenberger call to Georgia, the tax situation in the state of New York, he could have gone down endless any 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 one of these categories and knocked the guy lights out. And so the Russians on state media were like corrupt state of the United States. And you got to think about the unthinkable in state media in Russia. Donald Trump is our boy. He is our man, our partner is what they said last week. And then, you know, when he was in Helsinki, state media was saying, oh, look at the American president licking the boots of President Putin. You see, you see what I'm saying? And so he was, you know, look, guys, I mean, you know, when the fucking windows open and you hear clippity clop, it's a horse. It's not a zebra. The guy was obviously on the take from the Russians. Right. I mean, you don't act like that if you're not on the take. I mean, you don't have to be a mobster or a mob psychologist to know that. So so the guy was obviously on the take. And so we beat him and we barely beat him, by the way. We only beat him by 40,000 votes, as you guys know, even though we lost the popular vote by 8 million, we only beat him by 40,000 votes. So, so you know, he's, you know, it was very dangerous what could have happened had he stayed in office. So now that we haven't prosecuted him, state media in Russia is like, oh my God, this is the man he's going to return. This sort of emboldens them that there's no process of right or wrong in the United States. So, the seven and a half hours, you know, you're not stupid. I'm not stupid. Again, it's a horse. It's not a zebra. These are these guys were conspiring. See if they could create an insurrection, foment something inside the government that would lead Donald Trump into staying in power. The only beauty of this whole thing is that Donald Trump has no executive management skills. He's he's a hard worker in some ways. You know, he's a communicator and can campaign and he's a Ron contour. So he's a hard worker in some ways. But he's very, very lazy in other ways in terms of like organizing a team and getting a team to coordinate and work with each other. You see, you see what I'm saying? So he couldn't do that. That's why the insurrection failed. Now, why can't he do that? Because because of what Stormy Daniels said about him, right? When I was on the Bill Maher show, 
with Stormy. And I was asking her about the whole thing. She said, Una polka pichadel, right? Which means, you know, tiny schmeckle in Yiddish, right? <laughs> Una polka pichadel, right? And so once Stormy said that to me, you could like reverse engineer the guy's entire personality into how crazy he is, right? And then you're sitting there saying, all right, this is why anybody talented, anybody knows what they're doing, they can't stay with Donald Trump. He fires and steamrolls everybody, right? You see what I mean? So he's totally disorganized. So the seven hours are, are all in the soup of criminality and the seven hours are all in the soup of the venal illegal nature of his personality. But you guys got to ask yourselves a question. Okay, what are we doing here in the United States in terms of right or wrong and process? Okay, and this is where I blame the radical left, frankly. Uh, I blame the radical right for the crazy white nationalism and anti-democratic forces but I do blame the radical left for this hopeless equivocation and moral relativism. Okay. There is a right or wrong way to do things. Okay. We don't have to sit there and be overly sensitized. The guy broke the law. He's a full on criminal. He's got to go to jail. Okay. And now people will say, well, that'll set off a really bad precedent because of, uh, you know, it's like a banana Republic that we're jailing our political adversaries. Okay, so then don't put them in jail, but make them pay a, pay a price. Make them pay a fine, uh, put them into lockdown somewhere, force them into an agreement where he can't run for office again. You got to send a message to people because, guys, I'm less worried about Trump, I'm less worried about him, and I'm more worried about these other assholes that are smarter than him and are way more organized than him that like his playbook. You see, that's the thing that I'm most worried about. You know, that, that, that's the thing you should be worried about. You should be sitting there saying, okay, you got this wonderful country, uh, this incredibly beautiful mosaic of colorful people. We've got one party that's decided to go full on white nationalism. They've got their acolytes buying like catheters and walkers from Fox News commercial interruptions, uh, and they don't want to reform. And then we got another party that's lurching towards hopeless wackadoodle equivocation, which is actually helping. I mean, the best thing that the Republicans have going for them are the hard left because the people in the middle are like, well, I can't live with that nonsense, you know? And so they're, they're, they're wavering. You know, you, you, you imagine this, you have people that would vote for these guys because they don't want to deal with the hard left. So guys, come on, you, the, 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 the Democrats have to figure that out. They could control the whole card table if they would figure that out. I think, though, it's a real one of the major issues here, though, is the the media behind it, though, that also draws some of the equivocations, because to me, the hard left, though, is not steeped in the leadership positions the same way the radical right is actually embodied in who their leaders are. No, so I, what the what the right wing media does, and to some extent CNN, is they'll turn to like a random student who's like yelling at a professor and be like, see, that's the, that's the left. And it's like, I don't know who this student is. She doesn't speak or he doesn't no, speak or they don't no, speak for, they don't speak no, I hear, for me. But it's out there though. Every, I mean, you, you, come on, you can't, you have a penis in the society now. You can barely say anything. You can't say you have a nice dress. I mean, it could be the end of your career, you know? So, you know, this has gone too far. Okay. And, and, and you gotta, you gotta get it back into the middle. Okay. Like my buddy, Bill Moore, who used to break my balls and called me the Tony Soprano on the Potomac. I think he called me a Jersey short cast member. Like I gave a fuck. <laughs> I went on his show. 
you know, several times. And I think the guy is one of the guys is making some sense in the country now, just calling bullshit on both sides and saying to people, come on, we got to cut it out. We have a systemic threat to the democracy. We have to figure out a way to get these robots off of social media because they're by and large foreign adversaries that are trying to split the country. You know, they're trying to create this tribalism. You know, I want to go back to Joe Stalin for a second, because in the 1930s, he told Henry Luce, who was the founder of Time magazine, uh, Luce was interviewing him. He said, well, I'm not worried about the United States. I'm going to break the United States into a million pieces. And Luce looked at him and said, well, how are you going to do that? He said, well, look at it. It's a tribal nation. It's a mongrel nation. It's not based on a bloodline. It's based on an idea. And I'm going to, I'm going to figure out using the KGB and all of our mass information and propaganda techniques, a way to split the country. And so he got it wrong by about 90 years, right? Because those people, our grandparents, your great grandparents, they were like, we love this country, man. This thing is way better than what we came from. And we're glued to the country and we're glued to the idea of the country. And then the war started. We all got tied up into the American military and it was a war versus good and evil. So when we came out of the war, we were still pretty glued together. So a guy like George McGovern and Bob Dole could be different ideologically, but they weren't going to try to kill each other. Right now, you fast forward, we've distanced ourselves from each other. We become way more geographical, way more tribal. Okay, and these adversaries, these foreign adversaries are exploiting that. And they've got these useful idiots or willing acolytes or paid agents, okay, inside the United States that are doing their bidding. So to 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 me, where you guys come in, you gotta expose this shit, you know, and you gotta point it out to people. And we gotta call what's right or wrong. You know, Donald Trump, you know, if he's not prosecuted, Merrick Garland doesn't prosecute him. The, the Manhattan DA dropped the case, okay? He's decided that he's it's going to be no bail. You can rob every CVS in Manhattan, no bail. Donald Trump, you can overstate your assets and you can understate them for tax purposes, but overstate them for bank financing purposes, no problem. Um, okay. I mean, you know, you're, gonna, you're, you're setting us up for a very bad trajectory if you're doing that, but if you're like, okay, you know what? There's a right or wrong. If you're on the side of the wrong, you're going to get nailed in the country. So stay on the side of the right. We're not, we're not doing that anymore. And I think it's, I think it's just very, very dangerous. And, and, and by the way, this is crazy to me because we're in an unbelievable period of time where we could have epic prosperity for the country. And we could come up with some really smart ways to deepen that prosperity to a whole group of working class and middle-class people, but we're sitting here, you know, in this perilous situation where we got the democracy under threat. We will be right back with more from Anthony Scaramucci after this brief break. This podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens. You heard what Anthony said about the way I look. That was not looking good. I feel like he's not even done talking about it. We might get more. That was not pre-planned. And as everybody knows, uh, there's the before pictures of me before I took Athletic Greens. There's the after pictures of now me I after I've taken the, I have to put Athletic up the, Greens. I have to. Put up the picture right there, Brett. And look, when Brett puts up that picture that you're seeing, for those listening on the audio version of this podcast, I was heavier than I am now. I looked less healthy, but I was taking vitamins. I was taking the gummies. I was taking the vitamin pills, but it was not 
resonating for me. It was not hitting the way it needed to, but with athletic greens, I'm absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day. Right. A special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus and aging and all things. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free or gluten free, it's for you. It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. And tons of people take some kind of multivitamin and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. So with athletic greens, I take this incredible AG1 green powder. I scoop it up. I put it in my cup. I shake it up. I drink up, I drink the cup, I drink the cup. And before I know it, I have all of the vitamins that I need to start, to start my day. Right. Right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy. Athletic greens is going to give you a free, free, free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Midas. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Midas to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And I'll just give you one funny thing why I keep laughing is I think my athletic green, the way I do the reads on the brother podcast doesn't translate always to our legal AF audience because we'll be talking about like the super serious like legal issues. And then I'll be like, and that's why you have the, I'm like, that's why you have a constitutional right, you know, to, you know, the fifth amendment, the right against self-incrimination. Now going back to our sponsors, you scoop, people look at it. Like people, I've been getting comments and emails about it, you know, but maybe it's just a different audience, but anyway, that's athletic greens. I really do love athletic greens and you will love athletic greens. It's great for your health and it's just really improved everything about me. Um, I also want to talk to you about better health. I love our sponsors and our partners on, mm-hmm. on Midas touch. I, I truly do. Um, and you know, look, here's the thing about better help relationships take work. A lot of us will drop anything to go help someone else that we care about. Well, will we actually go out of our way to take care of ourselves? That's a great point. And I think that's just one of the things like we go and we can exercise and we take care of ourselves in some ways, but are we actually focused on our mental health? And this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to take care of your most important relationship. And this is the one you have with yourself. This podcast is sponsored by the BetterHelp Online line therapy. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people, including me, have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Midas Touch listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Midas. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Midas, M-E-I-D-A-S. Definitely go to BetterHelp. We all need to work on mental health sometimes and they have great online therapists. I use it. I really, really strongly suggest you use it as well. All right. Getting back to our interview with Anthony Scaramucci. 
what do you make of the fact though that like it just seems very hard to even have discourse with anybody it seems like everybody has created fake enemies of one another and it seems like this is increasingly prevalent on the republican side where you know i, I mean you could even compare it to russia in russia they're saying everyone in ukraine is nazis and so then they rally everybody of course nazis are bad we need to get rid of the nazis we need to purify ukraine which is of course you know code word for genocide in republican circles though we see things like look it's antifa look at all these sexual groomers who are coming after your kids of course you don't want to groom your kids or sexualize your kids and then you see the same sort of vitriol anytime you even try to have a a conversation with somebody about an issue how do we get through that kind of propaganda well you know the answer to that my man you know because you're a smart guy brett you know the answer to that you 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 know and the answer comes from uh pushing a more moderate, more rational agenda. The answer is getting the Midas touch out to as many people as possible. Uh, the answer is uh, shutting down and clamping down on the robotic technology that our adversaries are using on our social media platforms. I'm not talking about suppressing free speech, but I'm talking about foreign adversaries that are making up personalities on the internet and projecting them in a way that are inciting people. So, so you know the answer to that. You know, there's there's a civic virtue to the country that we've lost. Um, you know, if if you if you told me I was could wave a magic wand, here's three things that I would do immediately. Number one, you have to end the gerrymandering. Absolutely crazy. Uh, I would submit to all your Midas Touch listeners and viewers: Are you in a real democracy? if the candidates themselves are choosing the voters as opposed to the voters choosing the candidates. So the answer to that is no. So you got to get, you got to get rid of that. Number two, you got to totally reform campaign finance legislation. Um, the Plessy versus Ferguson. If you remember that Supreme court case in the late 19th century, they were arguing over what equality was and the court famously and infamously, I should say, opined, that it was separate but equal. And it set up all of that discrimination that led into the Civil Rights Act in the 1960s and all the violence, basically. It wasn't until the Brown versus Board of Education uh, court case that caused the integration of the public school system that you began some kind of racial progress or racial healing. You got the same issue with campaign finance. The Plessy versus Ferguson for campaign finance is Citizens United. So we're separate but equal. Okay, if you're a billionaire, you can spend a billion dollars getting your ideas out there and you can inject that into the state legislatures and, and query and poison those state legislatures. But if I'm just one person with one vote, it's separate but equal. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so those are two things that you'd have to change immediately. The third thing that you'd have to change, what about some commitment to national service? Okay, the countries that are loyal to each other and protect each other have commitments to national service. Now, I'm not saying it necessarily has to be a military draft, but you could have a one year gap year for every high school student in America where they have to go serve their country in some way, shape, or form. And in that process, there's an eight to 12 week training program, which reignites the civic virtue of the country and puts us back together. So when someone from North Dakota meets somebody from New York, they're like, okay, well, this person's got more in common with me than what separates us, you know? And that's another thing that we could do 
to stop this nonsense, okay, and to break this fever. Um, you want to get really radical. Why don't you do what Australia is doing and force mandatory voting? You know, the Republicans would never stand for that because they probably couldn't win an election. Okay, but if you had mandatory voting, okay, you would force the extremes, you'd flush them out because what are these things, guys? They're marketing competitions. Okay, and there's a big, very fat, moderate bell in the bell curve, that center, not voting anymore because they've been checked out. They've been made to be indifferent or apathetic because of the radical right and the radical left. So those are things we could do. Okay, now, you know, somebody would say to me, oh, there's no way you could do that. And somebody would respond with great cynicism. You got jackasses like Kevin McCarthy in the Congress, and they're beholden to special interests. So you couldn't do that. But I'm an entrepreneur. You got to start somewhere. Every entrepreneur has a zero to one mentality. And so what you have to do is you have to say, okay, what do we have to do to reignite ourselves? Let me say something provocative for one more second. 27 amendments. The Constitution is ratified in 1789. You have 27 amendments. That's 232 years, 27 amendments. Come on, guys, you're getting an amendment every eight or so years, right? So, so how do we not have an amendment to the Constitution since 1993, which was a procedural amendment, or since 1965, which was a significant amendment? You've gone 57 years without a real amendment. How is that possible, guys? Okay. When if you have 27 amendments, you, you take 232 divided by 27, you're getting, you should be getting an amendment every eight and a half years. And so, so the Constitution was set up to be renewed, to get a version 2.0. Okay. But we're not doing that anymore. Okay. And that's, that's creating more havoc in the society. You see, you see what I mean? Yeah, so no, there's, I, a, there's so many ways, Brett, that you could change this thing and you could liquefy, liquidate the extremists in the society and get the get to right or wrong answers as opposed to hard right or hard left answers. You know, but you know, let me tell you something, man. White people, you know, if we're if we're gonna be in power, white people, it's okay to have a democracy. Oh, oh wait a minute. There's gonna be more black and brown people in the country demographically. Okay, well, the whites aren't going to be in power anymore. Okay, you know what? Let's change the rules. We don't need to have the democracy anymore. It's a very large group of people in the country that think like that. How about being an entrepreneur on the Republican side Hmm. and saying, okay, wait a minute. Why can't we advance ideas or re-engineer or renew our ideas so that they fit in with the beautiful, colorful mosaic of the American people? Why don't we do that as opposed to going in a direction of hatred and race baiting and narrowing of the electorate, why don't we go in the other direction? So those are all the things I would suggest, which is the reason why I lasted 11 fucking days in Washington, right? Because they don't, they don't, they don't, <laughs> you're too honest, want to, you're too they, honest. They don't want to hear this shit. They're like, what are you kidding me? That's going to knock me out of power. And power is more important to me than serving the public. Mm. So I don't want to, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to listen to this shit. No, hundred percent. And let me let me defile the guy. So that's the next move. If they don't like what you're saying, then they got to two dimensionalize you, yeah. right? So they'll pick a stereotype. They can go after your ethnic background. I was listening to all kinds of shit when I got fired. You know, I'm Tony Soprano. I'm a Jersey Shore cast member. You know, I did go to Harvard Law School, but let's not address that. Let's talk about two dimensionalizing the right. guy, so that we can we can 
demonize him and therefore will invalidate the common sense that he's speaking. You see, you see what I'm saying? No, hundred percent. So that's, no, I... that's what we got to do. We get, but by the way, you're up against 80 year old guys now, man. I mean, these fucking baby boomers, they won't get off the stage, you know, and I'm talking about all of them. They're 80, they're holding off a deal. Like, guys, get off the stage. You <laughs> fucked up the country. You ran the thing up to $30 trillion of debt. The wealth, the wealth gap never been wider. We got racial hostilities again. Why don't you guys get off the stage and let a group of younger people handle this thing and, and see if we can renew the country? Yeah, I, it always sounds great in theory to me too, but then you're like, oh, who are the younger people the Republican Party is putting forward? You got Madison Cawthorn, you got Marjorie Taylor Greene, you got Lauren Boebert. These are their new generational leaders coming in. But they're exactly, they're doing exactly the Trump playbook and the white nationalist nonsense. But I'm just saying, you mean to tell me that if someone got in there that was more common sense in their orientation, maybe they would lose this time like Dick Cheney's daughter, Liz, right? Maybe they would, but maybe the second time they wouldn't. At some point, you're going to be able to break that fever. At some point, you should be able to represent something where other people look at it and say, well, wait a minute, that makes sense. Why are we doing this? You know, do you really care if someone's black or white or has a different religion than you? Okay. Uh, the majority of the people don't care. There is a group of people that do care. Yeah. They wear hoods and they, want to lynch people and they want to act crazy and they want to march in Charlottesville, but it's not the majority guys. The majority of the people are like, let's figure this out. Let's fix it. Okay. But here's the problem. These guys are perpetuating themselves into power by identifying and isolating, right? They'll gerrymander their enemies out of their districts. They'll get the billionaires to pump money in. You know, you know what Operation Red Map was, right? Do you remember Operation Red Map? Operation Red Map started in the 1990s, where the Republicans said, let's focus on all the state legislatures. We are losing the population, but we can win through the gerrymandering. We're going to turn the map red by surgically slicing and screening people out of the districts. Operation Red Map. Okay, that's what they did. Okay, so come on. You know, and by the way, you know, there's Republicans listening. You guys say, well, Scaramucci, the Democrats did that, too. Yeah, the Democrats did it, too. But they weren't as organized as the Republicans. Right. You know, the, the Republicans made it their job. The Republicans exploited something in the Constitution, which was the reverse of what the founders wanted. The founders wrote when they were ratifying the documents that they did not want the tyranny of the majority, meaning if the popular vote was the rule of the day, they wanted to protect the minority vote, the people that didn't win the vote on that issue, right? That's why you got two senators in Rhode Island and two in California, because you wanted to create power for the minority, not black or brown people. I'm talking about people that were less than the popular vote. Right. What the Republicans did is they subverted that. They created the tyranny of the minority. So what they do, they looked at a state like North Dakota and South Dakota, those two states said, OK, population of those two states combined, one million people. That's the island of Manhattan where they got four senators. Right. You got the two most populous states, Texas and California, have four senators. So let's focus on where we can take power using the tyranny of the minority. You see what they did? And, and, and you know, what you have to do you have to explain that to people. You have to expose that to people. Okay. You have to say, okay, look, this is what they did. 
This is why it's not healthy for the society. And this is why we have to fix it. Right now, the Republicans are looking at the presidential campaign of 2024, said no fucking way we're going to win the popular vote, but we're going to win that presidency. Okay. Because what we're going to do is we're going to force the electoral college decision. Okay. Through the process of controlling the votes in certain areas. You see, you see what I mean? Yeah. And by the way, the Republicans have only won one popular vote presidential election since 1988. And that was the 04 election Bush versus Kerry. So every time they've ascended to the presidency since then, they've done it without the popular vote. The tyranny of the minority. So Guys, you got you to gotta explain it to your viewers and listeners so that they wake their asses up and they say, okay, this makes sense. We got to fix this. And, and once we explain it to people, then it becomes easier to fix. If you're just pumping out disinformation, you know, we're sitting here in... Uh, in the month of April, but you know, come November, it's going to be a war on Christmas, right? Has there ever really been a fucking war on Christmas? No, exactly. but we got to say you're, that. you're giving them too much credit. I think by uh, June or July, we'll start having the war. Well, you know Christmas. what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, I laugh at this shit. It's no war on Christmas. I wish people a Merry Christmas that are Jews or Hindus. They don't give a shit. Yeah, okay. no, like I said, it's all happy it's fake, Kwanzaa. Fake issues, care, fake Kwanzaa. enemies. It's it's all fake yeah, issues. Yeah, that yeah, they yeah, are you, you understand what I'm saying? But no, well, yeah, let's absolutely. run this. This is a mm -hmm. Distraction. Mm -hmm. Like you notice when Trump was getting in trouble with the seven and a half hour vanishment. Let's talk about Hunter Biden. Got to get mm -hmm. him up back on a stage, you know, and, you know, let's gin that up. And the Russians were pumping that out on state media. I actually watched Russian state media. That's why I know all this shit, because I'm I'm looking for the big, big lie. And what is the big lie? It's always got a little bit of truth in it. Right. That's what Goebbels said. We're going to make the lie stupendously big, but just enough truth in it where somebody says, well, that has to be true because this piece of it is true. So therefore, the rest of it's got to be OK. You see what I mean? Is this mm -hmm. what these guys are doing? Got to expose it, man. And when you expose it, then people look around and say, OK, wait a minute. That's OK. Yeah, that's not really right. What's right? Well, what's right is to run a pluralistic society with some level of economic fairness. And what's right is each person in the society should get a chance in the society. Okay. Yeah. That that's the thing about America that your grandparents loved and your great grandparents. And we're looking for handouts. We're like, okay, this place is going to give me an opportunity. I'm going to go work. And if I work, I'm going to prosper. Okay. But if you're not educating people, you got to, you know, come on, we got to right size and fix the educational system. You can't have the K through 12 educational system, this uneven and this unfair. You know, unlike these lefties, I'm not for equal outcomes. Okay. I don't believe in that shit. I think that's very destructive, but I am for equal opportunity. Mm -hmm. Let's create a platform of equal opportunity. We're a rich enough country. Let's protect people's health care. Let's give them some education. Okay. So they can get to the starting block and let's see what they can do based on their merit once they're at the starting block. But you got to teach them how to add. That's not fair. If, you, if you're advancing them in school when they can't read and write, that's not fair. I didn't even have my coffee yet, Brett. You know, I got to start looking. I mean, <laughs> you know, I got, I got to start looking like Ben, though. I'm going to start eating like acai bowls and shit. You know what I mean? But I, I, mean, I didn't ben, have my man. coffee. I'm fired up this morning. But Let's go. Mooch, yeah. you got to go to athleticgreens.com slash Midas to look like that. I think that's our, our great. <laughs> is that, is that one of your sponsors? They, they are. They're, yeah. I got I to give a big prop to Athletic Greens, though. Every time I have that stuff, I'm very regular. I just got to tell right. you that. Okay. So they're definitely putting stuff. They're definitely putting something in there that's quite moving. 
Okay, we'll just leave it at that. TMI, TMI. So how do we right. cut through though? How do we educate people? You know, our our viewers, our listeners, you know, they're very in tune with things going on with the economy, with jobs numbers and things like that. But week after week, we see that people aren't really getting the message on Main Street that there are actually jobs that have been coming back to America and that we've had ridiculous amounts of job growth, that unemployment is at near all-time lows. So how isn't that message getting through? What could Democrats be doing better to get the message about the economy through? And ultimately, what do we do about gas prices? What do we do about inflation? Because those are the things that people on a day-to-day basis are really feeling. Let's start with the jobs. Okay, so the job numbers are much better and thank God for it. But people have gone through major hell over the last 24 months. So there's a trepidation and anxiety. So even though the job numbers are great and there are probably a ton of jobs out there for people, there's still that anxiety, economic or otherwise. The secondary thing is we had a very big rise in the savings rates during the pandemic, but some of that got absorbed in the inflation. And so let me give you the good and bad news about the inflation. You know, the, the bad news is if you're inducting a 42% increase in dollar volume, which is what we did, we increased the M2 money supply in the United States from April of, of, of 1st of 2020 to today by about 42%. So you just added 42% more dollars into the system. The Fed took its balance sheet up to about $9.5 trillion. Um, i.e. they printed the money and they handed it out on the street in the form of PPP, stimulus checks, payroll protection, all that stuff. And so, of course, that's going to show up in prices. You can't put 42% more money into the game with the same goods and not have it show up in prices, right? So this would have been Donald Trump's inflation or Joe Biden's inflation. I think the Democrats are not doing a good job of explaining that to people that this is a situational outcome from the pandemic. We made a expedient decision, which I think was the right one, to give money to people when they were locked in their homes so that they could stay alive economically until they got through the pandemic. A result of which the side effect of that is this inflation. It would have been Donald Trump's inflation. It would have been Joe Smith's inflation, John Doe's inflation. And we have a tendency in politics to personalize things that are situational. So it's being unfairly personalized on Joe Biden, but we made a big macro decision on the inflation. Now, the good news about the inflation, my opinion, hopefully you guys will invite me back on. And if I'm right, you'll, you'll play this. And if I'm wrong, you can play it and throw eggs at me. But I think the inflation is short-lived. I don't see the inflation lasting because you've had this induction of money and you had a supply chain disruption at the same time. You can't turn a light switch on and turn the supply chain off and then turn the supply chain back on. It doesn't work that way. Moreover, the Chinese, which are still the Saudi Arabia manufacturing, uh, they have a zero COVID policy over there. They just put 26 million people in Shanghai on lockdown. And so they have these rolling blackouts of their factories. So you had the induction of the money supply, plus a disruption in the supply chain and all of these cargo ships off the port cities, okay? And the import slowed down and it caused a creep up of prices. As that resolves itself, those prices are coming down and you have a tremendous amount of disinflation, deflationary forces in the form of technology coming. So I am very optimistic about all that stuff, but how do you do that? You got to explain it to people. 
See, what happens right now is we're not explaining it. And the Biden administration is making a mistake by blaming it on Putin. No, you know, it's Vladimir Putin's fault. The energy prices are high. We should tell people, look, no, what happened here, we inducted a lot of money to save people. The supply chain got disrupted. Putin did add to it. But you want to know something? We're doing a really good job of fixing it. And why don't you be patient? Last time I checked, we cut the deficit by $350 billion. We're on our way to a $1.3 trillion deficit reduction. Guess what? The Democrats are the fiscal hawks in comparison yeah. to the Republicans. Okay, they're doing a much better job with the deficit. And I just think it just requires plain, direct speaking to people. And you could make a very compelling pace that the Biden administration on those issues is actually doing a pretty good job. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I will tell you this, man. If uh, Donald Trump was in office right now, they would be already pushing to Lithuania. You would have broken up NATO. Um, there'd be no sanctions on the Russians or the Russian army for all these war crime atrocities. There'd be a huge fight in the Congress over Trump, over these issues. Um, we would be living in a dystopian, domestic nightmare, guys. Okay, and so you should thank the Lord every day for Joe Biden and his capability and his ability to beat Donald Trump. And by the way, I think Trump is less of an issue for 2024 because I think he's, you know, he's going to be 78 years old. Uh, he's got declining popularity. He's a blowhard. He's a full on Putin apologist. Um, if he doesn't get snagged in one of these legal issues, I don't think he's going to have the stomach for the race because he's already the Herbert Hoover of the modern Republicans. He lost the House, the Senate, and the presidency. And he doesn't, his ego, on a poke piece should tell, he's not going to be able to handle losing again, right? So I don't think it's him. I'm worried about these other assholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're smarter and more conniving than him. They may not be as talented as him with the verbal sparring and the shock jock shit, but they are actually more malevolent. I mean, yeah, well, they're taking mm -hmm. the things that work from Trump and they are getting rid of the stuff or they're hiding right. the more kind right. of controversial, more bloviating kind of aspects of him. Right? So, so let me make a prediction on the Midas touch. Is this okay? Here we go. Here we All go. Right, go. So, Mooch so, prediction. You know, somebody was like yelling at me the other day. They're like, oh, Mooch, you got to calm down on death Santis, you know, because you got a big business in Florida and he's a powerful guy. He could be president and you're shitting all over the fucking guy. And I said to the guy, well, why don't you go fuck yourself? Okay, because there's right, there's right and wrong. Yes. And not only is this guy a bad guy and he's bad for Florida, but he's also a mean guy. Like the way he treats his kids with the masks and stuff. I would have punched him. What are you doing? You're going to talk to my kid like that? You're the oh governor God. trying to intimidate my kid? What the hell's wrong with you, right? But, you know, here's the good news. You want to hear this? I think he's going to lose the gov gubernatorial election. And let me Ooh. explain why. You ready? Ready? Because he's fighting with Disney. Can't fight with Disney in the state of Florida. You nuts. Okay, he's fighting with Disney. Okay, don't underestimate the power of Disney in the state of Florida. Okay, so I, I think this guy loses in 2020. When is he running? The, November, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. he's running. Okay, he loses. He loses oh, the election. Mark it down. A big mooch prediction here on the Midas Touch podcast. God help the Floridians. You got to you got to put up a moderate Democrat, guys. You got to put up a moderate Democrat. You can't put up one of these woke lefties, <laughs> put up a moderate Democrat. And this guy's going to get pushed out into the uh, into the into the golf. OK. All right, Mooch. Now, now that we got you making predictions, I, I got to go back to something you said earlier to, to Ben that you hinted at. You, you were like, 
and you know a lot more. Uh, you know, I'm a touch jealous of the weight loss. You could tell, right? I mean, it's like, I'm <laughs> Ben, look, like, Ben's looking, ben around. He's got to send me his diet tips. He's Ben. Ben. Ben works hard every day. <laughs> but you made a comment to uh, Ben earlier about McCarthy. You said another prediction you made was you said I don't think McCarthy will be speaker. You know, no matter what happens, because. Some there more there's more stuff out there about him that's going to come homework, out. Man, I don't. Uh, let me tell you something. Uh, I, I, do your homework. Which give do our listeners a little tease, much. Right. Just do your homework, okay? The guy, come on. You know, people don't change that much. Just go do your homework, okay? When the time comes, they're going to start detonating bombs on the guy, okay? All right. Do your there homework, you have it. Kevin. Do your, do your homework, do your homework, everybody. Kevin McCarthy, folks. But things are coming out. Just do your homework, okay? I mean, you know, Carthorne's tipping you off to some of the stuff, you know, between the mm. blow and the orgies and everything. You know, are they are they Kevin McCarthy's orgies? I no, I have no idea. But just go do your homework, <laughs> okay? I'm making a prediction here. He gets blown up for the speaker's ship. Well, number one, he wants it like he's the Hillary Clinton of House speakers, meaning he wants it more than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like Hillary should have stayed with the PPP. The PPP was good for the country. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, the TPP, not the PPP. Mm-hmm. The Trans-Pacific Partnership was good for the country. It was it, you know, Obama understood that the way to contain the Chinese economic power was to team up with those 11 nations in the Pacific Rim. And but it was nationalism to say otherwise. Bernie Sanders said otherwise. Uh, he's smarter than that, but he's a politician. Trump said otherwise. He's dumb. You couldn't explain that to Trump if his life depended on it. But Hillary got it. Okay, but she switched her position. And why did she switch her position? Because she wanted to be president or did she want to stay principled? And you can't do that. You got to say, look, this is where I stand. This is how I stand. And this is why I stand. And then people start respecting you. Look at, look at Zelensky. Hmm. You know, he's a, you know, comedian, can't take him seriously. The guy spoke his mind. He explained what he was going to do. Now he's in a fight of his life and he's hanging in there. The people respect that. You know that. You got That's how you got to be, man. No, 100%. You know, that's why I, don't back, I don't back down from these jokers. Okay, come on. You want to you want to fight intellectually? We'll go intellectual. Oh, you want to go personal? Okay, let's go personal. We can do, we can do that too. Okay, but you don't back down from these people. You got to state what the position is, explain it, and stay in the position. And Mooch, you've been incredibly, incredibly generous with your time. I just got two questions for you here. And the first one, look, this is not meant to be a gotcha question, but I watched a political program this week, uh, 40, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, give or take, dedicated to the Oscar slap. Uh, Then about 10, 15 minutes dedicated to Hunter Biden's laptop uh, and the New York Post being the first to report on that. Do you know who I'm referring to here when I lay out those two? Well, (laughs) it's Bill Maher, man. It's Bill right. Maher. I know you guys are tight. Right. And I used to look at Bill Maher as like the North Star of being, you know, what you should aspire to be as someone who is looking for pragmatic policies and how to deal with, you know, the country in large in sort of a pro-democracy way, you know, getting rid of all the bullshit. But it seems to me in the last, know, over the pandemic, like a switch has flipped in his brain, at least for me. I'm someone who's watched him since I was 12 religiously every day. Love him. In fact, you and I were at a stand-up in 2019 before, before he even, uh, before my touch right. even existed. At Mass Square Garden. No, at MSG, everyone was chanting for you. Everyone was going, Mooch, I thought you were going to be like the next mayor of the city. It was insane. 
But but anyway, something had flipped in him. And for a lot of a lot of progressives, and it's, it, it's a label like that that we at Midas Touch, we don't like to label ourselves as, as democratic or, or progressive or liberal. You know, we're pro-democracy. If Biden, for example, starts to tell us to shoot bleach in our arms or whatever, we're not going to do that. We're not going to support that. But our ideals fall more in line with pragmatic policies that are overwhelmingly pro-democracy. It's a long way of me getting at, I think something shifted with Marr here where he's turned off a lot of people in the Democratic Party. And I'm just curious yeah. to your thoughts on that. So he's probably gone too far, okay? Because he, remember his first show was politically incorrect, mm -hmm. okay? And so he doesn't like all of the parsing of the words, nor do I, okay? Because I think it's very dangerous because- we're going to virtue signal to each other that there's change when there's really no change in the spirit of political correctness. Um, I don't agree with it. And so he's probably gone too far. Uh, and I think, I think, you know, maybe he needs somebody, you know, I'm happy to talk to him about it. I, I, I think what ends up happening is, you know, you get frustrated, you know, you know, in terms of like the Halloween and what you can say and what you can't say, you know, it's, I think it's like a disaster. The smack is a totally different thing. Okay. So if you read Will's book, which I would strongly recommend that everybody read, uh, he was abused as a kid. And so he's got to heal himself from that. I'm not a psychologist, but when you grow up in a family of domestic abuse, what happens if you're eight or nine years old and you're watching your dad beat up your mom, you're helpless. Okay. But then you feel guilty about it because you're like, shouldn't I go in there and try to fight him, but you're not big enough or strong enough to do that. You see what I mean? And so he's probably still working on those issues. And so what ends up happening is at your height of your fame and the height of your supposed greatness, at least your external outwardly greatness, he self-detonated himself. You see, you see what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So I'm not, I'm not, explaining away what he did. It was obviously wrong and it was obviously insane to do what he did. I'm not saying it that way, but I'm empathetic towards him because after reading his book, I'm like, okay, I get where this guy's coming from. He's got to heal himself a little bit, right? So the Will Smith thing and the slapping, we're all talking about it. But I guess what I would say to people, let's stop with the righteousness, okay? If you're a perfect person, opine on, on Will Smith and so forth. But if you're not a perfect person, you know, let's let, you know, let's give him a chance to apologize. Let's give him a chance to heal. Let's, let's make a decision of whether Chris Rock is going to accept that apology or not. Apparently he did. And let's move on. I don't think we need to start canceling people over this stuff and creating this sort of binary outcome for people every time they do something wrong. That's the stuff that Bill Maher is up against. You know, I don't like it. Okay. So all of a sudden, you do, you know, like I couldn't get, they couldn't cancel my ass if they fucking tried. Right? <laughs> one, I own my own business. Number two, I really didn't do anything wrong. I said, Steve Bannon was sucking his own dick in the fucking office. <laughs> Who fucking cares? Okay. And if you guys think that was the reason I really got fired, then you, you know, come on, you're smarter than that. I got fired because Trump didn't like the way I was handling the press. Mm -hmm. And Trump didn't like the fact that I could speak in complete sentences. And I actually knew what the Sykes-Picos Treaty was. And he was a little your afraid. Own he, he, never, he never went to Baghdad or Af Afghanistan. He couldn't believe I went to Baghdad and Afghanistan. He's just a, he's, you know, come on. You know why I got fired. I didn't get fired because of what I said about Steve Bannon. By the way, that was a little fake news. I mean, come on, you know, Steve Bannon couldn't do that if his fucking life depended <laughs> on it. So, 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 to, so to me, where Bill's coming from, and I'm not here to defend Bill, sure. but Bill's coming from, we got enough cancellation of each mm -hmm. other. 
we got enough of this nonsense, okay? So I don't want him to lose anybody, by the way. I think the right listens to him and the left listens to him. The Hunter Biden stuff, you know, is bullshit. You know, this is all this false flag shit that's being generated by the, uh, by the you know, the Russian propaganda and fed to the Republicans, you know, you know, to try to get gen people up. It's all this fucking stupid nonsense. Okay, when I... And by the way, I live out here on guys, you lived out here on Long Island. You know, there's a bunch of crazy people. There's some liberals out here, but there's a bunch of like crazy people out here that watch Fox all day. You know, I'm sitting at Cipollini's or some shit, you know, in in the Miracle Mile. (laughs) I got some guy coming over to me talking to me about Hunter Biden's laptop. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, guy? (laughs) Absolutely. You you understand what I'm saying? So so we got to we got to call shit on this. Yeah, we got we got to call it out for what it is. But I. I think Bill's going into an overbite zone, mm-hmm. but I am going to try to explain to you what he's trying to do. Because no, I appreciate like, no, it. I we're appreciate gonna cancel, it. We're going to cancel Will Smith now. He smacked Chris Rock. That was absolutely stupid. His wife should have stopped him from going up there. He was in a moment of greatness. He was about to win the Academy Award. He hasn't fully healed himself from his childhood. And he went up there and he smacked Chris Rock. That was really stupid. And it made him look bad. And it hurt the Academy. And it hurt all the people that were winning awards that night because it distracted from them. Okay, but what do you want to do now? You want to throw him? Guy's a very talented guy. You want to throw him on the ass heap of history for that? I don't want to do that. No, let's, no. And, and again, let's heal ourselves. And again, know? I, I, I love that logic, Mooch. That, that, that's great logic. I was just more so shocked that he spoke more about, and talking about Bill Maher here, that he spoke 40 minutes about the slap and you know 20 minutes about Hunter Biden's laptop and the New York Post being the first, then covering the seven-hour gap. Now, you'll speak with him. You said you'll speak with him. I appreciate that. And just yeah, let him, yeah. I mean, he's going to tell, really, re- tell me to fuck. Just let him know. Let him know Jordy's a little upset at him. No, because this, you know, 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 Jordy's that was my guy. Like, we're not political <laughs> people. We're yeah, not, he's going to tell we're, me we're to really fuck off when I speak to him. Trust me. You know? We're not political people, but that was my guy. I'm gonna, he's the reason He's a big-time Met fan. I'm going to take him to the Met game and talk to him. There we go. Then I'm going to report back to you that he told me to fuck off. Thank you. But here's the good news, okay? You guys don't agree with me on everything, and I don't agree with you on everything. But can't we have the conversation? Yes. Can we have it civilly? And can't we find some common ground? That was the nature of the thing, right? Churchill said democracy is the worst form of government until you consider all the other forms of government. So can't we figure that out? And, and I think the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. But the first thing we have to do is we have to fight our enemies. We have to call out our adversaries, okay? Tucker Carlson, mm. the, the, the state television from Russia, the automatic technology described in Putin's people by Catherine Belton of these ro- robotic uh, technology devices that the Russians are using to divide the country using all these false personalities that they get up on Twitter. Okay. And, and, and Facebook and Instagram, let we got to, we got to explain it to people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when you explain it to them, like, okay, well, wait a minute, well, that makes sense. You know, and remember, remember, you know, the, the simpler the lie, the more powerful, right? Hunter Biden's laptop. Okay. Give me a break, guys. Well, it's a sign of corruption and he did get the money from Burisma. Okay, he did. But you know what? Then you got to fix the whole system. Mm -hmm. Okay. You got to fix the insider trading at the Congress. You got to fix the public speaking awards that happen after these people leave. You got to fix the whole system. You can't look at the one little tiny thing in the system. Look at the whole system. 
And Mooch, I know anyway. we're running short on time here. All right, but I'm, I, sorry. I, I, I'm, I so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm long-winded today. No, no, no. It's, it's fine for me. I just feel bad that we're taking Mickey up your Mouse, time. Let me just leave you with one thing. <laughs> Mickey Mouse is going to kick Ron DeSantis' ass in November 2022. Okay? I, I love with it. a little bit of help from Donald Duck and Minnie. They're going to knock him <laughs> to the Gulf of Mexico. Wait, I, got, I got one more for you. And, though, and got... since I know how much DeSantis loves the word Mexico, I can't wait till he ends up in the Gulf of Mexico as a result of what he's doing at Disney. I got one more for you. I can't let you leave here without talking about Trump's back, the truth social media yeah. app, the Twitter knockoff. I think it was reported yeah. that it was 93% down on downloads uh, like in the last whatever, uh, 45% in the last month and actually 13% down today. How, right. how epically is this about to fail? Well, you know, my position on this thing, I wanted the guy, I wanted him to make a fortune on this thing and I wanted it to succeed so he would stop running for president. You know, I, I, <laughs> I of course it's going to fail because it's like a house of cards, you know? So, I mean, you know, listen, I mean, you, you know what happened there. They got, you know, it's the same way they buy these, these books. All of their books become these like bestsellers because they line up all their buddies in a posse and they buy mm-hmm. a wave of books, right? So you did the same thing on a stock. But if you don't have anything substantive behind a stock, don't they have that lunatic from California that's running the thing? Or what's the guy's name again? Nunes. You know, Nunes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So he's he's never made payroll in his life, the guy. How are you going <laughs> to... He's an entrepreneur, the guy? I'm just saying, you know? So, I mean, you know, you know, it's like a house of cards. I think Nunes uh, getting out of Congress makes it a success. Right? I sort of, I sort of sardonically wanted it to do well to distract Trump Politically, you know, well, and that's ultimately the problem, Anthony, with, you know, with oligarchies. I mean, what what Trump wanted to create, you know, and what these Republicans want is that oligarchy system in that system, though. Yes. You get people like Devin Nunes running Truth Social, which is a fake company that doesn't have substance and you get destroyed versus real companies that are created in a capitalist society. there, There you go. But you brought up one other thing that you made me think of something which I'm also delighted by. Okay, Trump is going to Hannibal Lecter, Ron DeSantis, you know, because he's so jealous of Ron DeSantis, right? They both think of themselves as kings of Florida, these little despotic, you know, megalomaniacs, you know what I mean? And so Trump's never going to make it to the presidency, but he's sitting there saying, I got to eat this guy. You know, he's going to eat DeSantis's face and have like a glass of Chianti like Hannibal Lecter did, right? You know what I mean? He's going to eat him. Okay, you watch this, okay? And Trump is a big guy. You know that he's a hungry guy. He's going to eat DeSantis. So between Mickey Mouse and Donald Trump, the guy's going to get knocked out. OK, he's never going to be president and he'll likely lose. And I'll predict right here on this show, he loses the 2022 gubernatorial election. You know what I say to that? Who's the leader of them all? Who's made for you and me? M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. <laughs> Mickey I mean, you're Mouse. Going up against, you're going up against Donald you're going Trump. Against, you're going Thank up you against. <laughs> you're going up. You're going up against Disney in Florida. I mean, that's. I mean, I'm not a politician, but that's some balls, man. I mean, I, don't know. Some, I mean, Republicans I mean, you, are going against Social I mean, Security now, going against oh, retirement yeah. benefits, and so I mean, we know, could. The, the, the nihilists. Look, we got to we got to burn down the whole system, man. We're not. Our 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 registrations are going lower. Rather than hiring entrepreneurs to come up with great ideas to make it grow, we're going to go. The registrations go lower. Let's change the rules. Oh wait a minute, you know. I don't even get the don't say gay thing. I don't even get it. I don't even understand the purpose that it's serving. This is the new culture war. 13% of the population is gay. And by the way, I didn't pick my sexuality. Maybe you guys picked yours, but I doubt anybody picks their sexuality. 
So we can't be accepting of 13% of the population. What the hell is wrong with you people? Are you really this nuts? You know, oh, it's a big thing in our Christian values and stuff. You know, when I go to church, they tell you to accept each other, love one another as I've loved you, the golden rule. We're going to take the gays out of it. What is wrong with you people? And then the Republicans are for a smaller government, but they're for a larger government in your bedroom. Guys, you don't see how hypocritical that is? What are you guys doing? It's it's crazy, man. Crazy. All right. Anyway. Anthony Scaramucci, thank you for right. joining the Midas right. Touch great podcast. To be. It's always I'm going to go do some push-ups and maybe work out. <laughs> yeah, you're probably having like another, he's probably, he's probably drinking these protein <laughs> drinks. And the, uh, I mean, he's he looks a, good though. He's an yeah, animal. I'm a, I'm a little jealous of it. You two look a little puffy like me, to be honest, but this guy looks <laughs> tight as a drum. We'll leave it on a high note. Anthony Scaramucci, <laughs> thank you so much for joining the podcast. Pleasure to be here. It's a great interview Mooch. with Anthony Scaramucci. I, I hope he talks that. to Bill Maher for me. Yeah, was I was very say, important. So point I was on I was on the Midas Touch podcast and Jordy yeah. Micellus. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. We'll see what happens. I, yeah, I think your point was I think your point was well taken, Jordy. Um, that you know Bill Maher, but yeah, Anthony agreed with you though. Anthony said I do think that. Bill did is spending, I think, way too much time on some of these other issues. But he did want you to know, you know, some of the the points, though, is, you know, and, and I, I've actually seen a lot of it at at Midas Touch, too. Like some of the one of the issues with the Democrats sometimes, though, is, is that we could agree on 97 percent of the issues. But if right. we don't agree on three percent of the issues, you know, sometimes you'll get something like, I used to follow you, but on those 3% of the issues now, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're done. Unfollowed. We, we agree on 97% of the issues. We have a different view on this. Um, that's very different than the view that, you know, maybe our small disagreement on certain uh, tax deductions um, <laughs> is not the same as our disagreements over the fact that the right wing wants to create an oligarchy and create a fascist. Well, honestly, if, if you're if you're agreeing with somebody 100 percent of the time and that's the only person or channel or whatever that you're listening to, I, you need to get out of your bubble. You need to start getting uh, other perspectives because it's good to disagree. And that's one of the things that I think has made America so great. Disagreements, having debates and policy, being able to have people like Anthony on who we don't necessarily agree with all the time, but whom we respect, you know, and I think that I think we need more of that and more of those kind of discussions. And I think if our conversations as Americans were between Democrats and Republicans in a similar way to the conversation that we just had with Anthony Scaramucci, I think this country would be a lot better. The problem is those people people taking advantage of our right to free speech and using it to support Vladimir Putin and using it to spread disinformation and lies and hatred and using it to attack marginalized communities. You know, that's where it gets dicey and that's where we have to call things out and be very forceful in calling those things out. But we need to be able to have real policy debates, real debates about cultural issues and stuff and not be at each other's throats all the time. I, I, I completely agree with that. And Brett, just uh, we'll close with this study. Uh, it's titled The Manifold Effects of Partisan Media on Viewers, Beliefs, and Attitudes, a Field Experiment with Fox News Viewers by David Brockman and Joshua L. Kala, which was conducted in September 2020, and it was actually published last week. And here was its central finding, quote, Fox News viewers who were paid to watch CNN 
for 30 days eventually became more skeptical and less likely to buy into fake news. The study also found changes in attitudes and policy preferences about COVID-19 and Donald Trump goes on to say, quote, of 763 qualifying participants, we then randomized 40% to treatment group to change the slant of their media diet. We offered treatment group participants $15 per hour to watch seven hours of CNN per week during September 2020, prioritizing the hours at which participants indicated they typically watched Fox News, the study said. And, you know, I think that the study also found changes in attitudes and policy preferences about COVID-19 evaluations of then President Donald Trump and Republican candidates, as well as elected officials, the power of the media and what the media is um, you know, really injecting into people. And, you know, Fox News is injecting this propaganda that's in incredibly damaging our nation. There was a, a book that uh, is coming out where I think Biden is quoted as saying Rupert Murdoch's probably the most dangerous person in the world. Um, this is obviously before Putin's unlawful invasion, but I still think the comparisons are there. I mean, the, you know, what, what Murdoch can do is uplift someone like a Putin and to create the circumstances where someone like Putin exists in general. But that's why we're creating the Midas Media Network. That's why we have podcasts like this. And that's why we give a forum to people like Anthony Scaramucci to speak. Like where else do you get to hear an interview like that, where you have someone able to speak like that uninterrupted and discuss these important ideas, you know, that are fact-based, that are logical. Um, and that I think most Americans would ultimately agree with. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Midas Touch podcast. We will see you next time. Shout out to the Midas Mighty!